70 years ago, on the 15th of October 1953, a nuclear weapon was tested on the Australian mainland for the first time at a place called Emu Field in South Australia, 250 kilometres east of Cooper Pedy and south of the APY lands of the Anungu, Pichinjara and Yankunjara people. The second nuclear test at Emu Field was conducted later in the same month as part of the British government's Operation Totem. Traditional owner Yami Lester was 12 years old when the ground shook and the dust drifted over the Wallatina Pastoral Station. Yami spoke to the ABC's Caroline Jones in 1993 about what happened. In early in the morning in October, um, I heard an explosion gone off. Then we felt the ground like shook, you know, you, you can feel it, it like moved, you know. And I remember this black mist coming over from the south and quietly rolling through the mulga trees and over it, black and shiny, oily-looking thing. And it went over our camp at Walladinna. Yami lost the sight in his left eye in 1957 and later became totally blind. In the 1980s, Yami Lester's account of the black mist, as we heard just there, helped bring about the 1985 Royal Commission into the British Atomic Tests in Australia. That acknowledged for the first time that Aboriginal people experienced radioactive fallout from Totem 1 in the form of a black mist or cloud at or near Wallatina. The Commission said there was no reason to doubt the Aboriginal people's accounts of the mist or the illnesses that followed immediately after, though the Commission stopped short of making findings about longer-term health effects. Yami Lester passed away in 2017, but his anti-nuclear advocacy has been continued by his family, including eldest daughter Karina, who's the chairperson of the Yunkinjara Native Title Aboriginal Corporation and an ambassador for the NGO International Campaign to Abolish Nuclear Weapons Australia. Karina Lester, welcome to RN. Good morning, Julian, and good morning to all your listeners. It's great to be speaking with you on what's a significant anniversary, 70 years since the Totem 1 nuclear test. What does this anniversary represent to you? Well, I think this anniversary represents the time for us to pause and reflect what did happen that day. And as we heard from the man himself, Dad, quoting what took place Mm. that morning with the ground shaking and, and the black mist rolling over the camp and... I've just been down there this morning, Julian, just to pause for myself and see this beautiful sand dune country and the old shelters that still remain this today, to this day, where people had experienced the, the fear and the trauma that happened 70 years ago. Yes, and, and thank you for giving us permission to play that piece of Yummy, uh, speaking to Caroline Jones back in the 90s. Uh, could you talk to us a little bit more, Karina, about what happened to your, your father and other members of the community after the totem test in terms of what they physically experienced after the, the black mist came over the community? Well, there was great fear when they saw this mist coming silently. There was a real fear of not knowing what this was. And, you know, in the testimonies gathered and, and hearing it within our own family story, it had a strong toxic smell to it. And there was reaction quite quickly after it fell over 
the community and over the old camp and the shelters, people became quite ill. People became, you know, violently vomiting and diarrhea mm. and skin rashes were starting to appear by evening time. Like, you know, this evening people would have been digging graves because of the impact of that radiation fallout over country. And, you know, Dad's story, you hear that and you hear the testimonies gathered in that Royal Commission that there was fear and there was trauma and people are still suffering to this day. And we look back now on the Royal Commission in 1985, it, it happened a long time ago, but it really is worth dwelling on how long it took for that impact on um, your father and his community to be acknowledged by, um, well, I suppose outside the community. Could you tell us a little bit about the, the long battle for recognition? Well, it's been a generational battle, Julian. We've been speaking up and, you know, it took 30-odd years for Dad to get the Royal Commission happening since 53 and, you know, that was a, a big, big part of Australia's history, the the running of that Royal Commission and the acknowledging that there was these testing programs conducted on Australian soil and this the two Totem 1 and Totem 2 were the first two mainland tests that were conducted on Australian, South Australian soil. Mm. And then the program moved down further south where they continued to test on First Nations or lands, traditional lands. And so this has been a generational story for us and people really felt the injustice. They were never given the opportunity to fully understand what was about to happen in 1953 and what this program meant for the whole state of South Australia as well and the impacts it was going to have. And this is a generational impact it was going to have on Arnhemal. Mm. Karina, you've said that the scars of those totem tests are still felt on your country and, and by your people. Could you explain for us what the ongoing legacy of the Operation Totem Nuclear Tests is? Well, you do see very clearly the scars on country where the two bombs were taken. The scars of Totem 1, you see it very clearly on country. You see the crater that's there. And the same with Totem 2, you see the scars of these huge craters created by these weapons and this testing program. Country's no longer safe and there's a, a big unknown around the safety. There's never been a clean-up at EMU and that's been some of the concerns from Arnungo about how safe is country and also how Arnungo have suffered from this. People are still with the scars, who still have burns on their skins or rashes on their skins, who have blindness in one eye that are still trying to make sense of it all. But the real injustice around the whole program and the fact that they just denied Arnungal rights of having a say in a discussion and, and really understanding what that process is. They were Yangunyara people, Julian. They spoke Yangunyara. Now, the one patrol officer that had the responsibility to cover that whole area 
of South Australia, which is a very large area of South Australia, was responsible for communicating to Anamal in English hmm. to let them know that a testing program, a nuclear testing program, were, was about to be conducted on their traditional lands, lands that they practice, law and culture. Hmm. They enjoyed, they hunted, they gathered. You know, they had spiritual and cultural connect and they were denied that when Totem 1 went off. On RN, we're speaking with Karina Lester, chairperson of the Yunkinjara Native Title Aboriginal Corporation and an ambassador for the NGO International Campaign to Abolish Nuclear Weapons Australia, which was awarded the Nobel Peace Prize back in, I think it was 2017. Uh, Karina, you're calling on uh, Prime Minister uh, Anthony Albanese to sign a treaty, the Treaty on the Prohibition of Nuclear Weapons. Could you tell us about that treaty, why it's an important step and how hopeful you are that the Australian government might actually sign and ratify the treaty? Well, we're very hopeful. We are continuing to talk about our lived experience and the traumas that have been impacted and felt by Arnold and Arnold right across the state of South Australia because the industry is such a huge industry that continues to impact us. And in South Australia, they not only tested nuclear weapons but they continue to mine uranium and they continue to pressure First Nations communities of South Australia to be the waste dump of the nation, let alone in the near future potentially the waste dump of the world. And this constant generational impact by an industry is overwhelming, it's exhausting, and people are traumatised by this. And so this has been, like I said, generational. My grandmother, my father, now my generation needing to continue to speak up about the lived experience. The treaty addresses two areas. Article 6 is around victim assistance and environmental remediation. And this is about working with people who have been impacted by this. There's a need to work on environmental remediation because there are craters and how safe are our traditional lands mm. to continue to go out there and practice and hunt and gather on our traditional lands. So the Treaty on the Prohibition of Nuclear Weapons addresses Article 6 around victim assistance and environmental remediation. And Article 7 is a coordinated approach, working with governments around the world around removing and destocking and disarming nuclear weapons and the need for us in Australia to sign on this. And yes. we have called on Prime Minister Anthony Albanese to sign and ratify the Treaty on the Prohibition of Nuclear Weapons because of our lived experience and our generational trauma that we continue to suffer 70 years after the fact. Yeah, it's a very significant anniversary. And Karina, we really do appreciate you speaking with us about it on RN. Thanks very much for joining us today. Wonderful. Thanks for having me, Julian. 
That's Karina Lester, chairperson of the Yankanjara Native Title Aboriginal Corporation. And Karina is also an ambassador for the International Campaign to Abolish Nuclear Weapons Australia. And we'll finish up with a little bit of Paul Kelly's tribute to Karina's late father. My name is Yami Lester. I hear I talk, I touch, but I am blind. My story comes from darkness Listen to my story, now unwind This is a rain This is a rain First we heard two big bangs We thought it was the great snake digging holes Then we saw the big cloud, then the big black mist began to roll. This is a rain. ABCRN helps you understand the world. Find more of our stories on the ABC Listen app.